0: Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 160 of Weekly Poker Hand. Here we are again, early in the $3,500 buy-in Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. Last episode, we lost with Pocket Kings. And here we are again. We have Pocket Kings again. You know, a lot of people think, oh my god, I lost my Kings. I hope I don't get Kings again. Well, I'll take Kings over and over and over and over and over. However many times they want to give me the Kings, I'll take the Kings. So here, a player in the hijack seat makes it 300. Button calls, small blind folds, and we are in the big blind with now a 22,000 stack. So we lost about 80 big blinds. I am definitely going to re-raise this. This is a spot where we can easily play a big pot. It's always good whenever you lose a pot to play the next few big hands you have somewhat aggressively because quite often your opponents are going to think you're a little bit tilty. And that's obviously fantastic, right? If your opponents think you're tilty, you can often extract much more value than you quote-unquote should. So anyway, I'm going to re-raise probably to about 1,500 or so. I do make it 1,450, and both players call. I could perhaps even make it a little bit bigger, given we are somewhat deep-stacked and the you know tilty image concern I just mentioned. Whenever you're out of position, you want to make it a little bit more than the size of the pot, and a pot-sized re-raise in this spot would be to about 4.5 times 300, which is 1,350. We made it a little bit more. And I probably would have actually preferred something like 1,600 or 1,700. I think when we are deep, you can justify making it even a little bit more. But whatever. So both players call, which is perfectly fine. Oh, we get it. King, Jack, 10. We have top set. Top set's good. Uh, that said, we do lose to Ace, Queen, and Queen, 9. A lot of people always think immediately, oh my God, what do I lose to? And that's really not the main concern. Of course, you want to be aware of the hands you lose to. But at the same time, what do you beat? Well, we beat King Jack and King 10, King Queen, Queen Jack, Queen 10, um, pocket Jacks, pocket 10s, Ace Jack, Ace. We beat all sorts of stuff, right? So we're in great shape. We want to play a big pot here. If our opponents want to play for all the money, we're going to. So I bet 3,000 into into the 4,400 pot. And I like this. This is a board that should connect very well with my opponent's ranges. Notice if they have something like pocket nines or worse, they're not going to put another chip in the pot no matter what, right? But if they have a pair, it's almost always going to be a pair with, well, another pair, like jack 10, or a pair with at least a gut shot, like jack 9 or queen jack or ace jack. So those hands are not going to fold very often to a bet. And I also don't want to do anything like check-raise, because if if my opponent's sitting there with ace-jack and I check and they just happen to bet, which would not be a good play, by the way, but if they did have ace-jack and they bet and I check-raise them, they're just going to fold every time, right? So the only way to really play a big pot here is to simply throw out a continuation bet. Uh, A lot of people think that when you have top set, your opponents can't really have anything, but you always have to think about the board. If the board was instead like jack-7-2, then sure, maybe checking has some merit. But on... I'm sorry, if the board was a king jack two and I had pocket kings, I was thinking of pocket jacks for some reason. Um, if, I, if I had pocket kings on king seven two, I would definitely consider checking depending on what I thought about my opponents based on physical reads because then it really is hard for them to have something. But on king jack 10, it's really easy for opponents to have a queen in their hand, right? And even a queen has a lot of equity and a queen also comes with a pair and those hands don't fold to bets. So I like a 3000 bet. This seems great. Wow. So now the hijack raises to 6,500. That's not what you expect to see. Uh, This is an interesting spot to even consider raising with any part of his range because I should have all of the big pairs in my range, right? And my opponent should not. I could also easily have ace-queen in my range, and my opponent obviously could too, but whenever you both could have the same hands, that kind of cancels cancels each other out. And if I have a lot of garbage here, if I actually am, quote-unquote, on tilt, and I have 8-7, obviously this raise is horrible, right? Because it makes it impossible for me to keep bluffing. If my opponent does have a strong hand, like king-jack or pocket 10s, does raising make sense here? And I would venture to say it does not. And the reason it does not is because, given my stack size, notice the pot, if he calls, is going to go up to about 10,000, and I'm going to have 17,000 behind. On the turn, most likely a 6,000 bet's going to go in. The pot's going to then go up to 22,000. I'm going to have about 10,000 behind. So my opponent can very easily get it all in by just calling. So he should definitely play his strong hand slowly here to give me every opportunity to bluff. And again, while I could have some queens in my range, if you get outdrawn, that's okay, I think. And my opponent really doesn't want to scare me off if he has a good hand. So it doesn't make sense to bluff here. Again, I would say probably not, because if, he, if he's thinking about my bluffing My bluffing range is often just a lot of garbage, like 8-7 if I even have that in my range, which I I don't. But if he thinks I'm bluffing here very often, then he certainly wants to keep me in with whatever because then he could just raise on the turn, right? I mean, what's the difference? He just went an extra turn bet most likely. So what if I have a marginal made hand? What if I have queen-jack? Which maybe I'd play queen-jack this way. If I do have queen-jack, well, raising the minimum certainly doesn't make sense. Because now I'm just getting the right price to call, right, with my draw. So the, I guess the only time to it makes sense to raise when I have when I'm sitting here with a queen in my hand is when he already has ace queen, right? When I'm already dead. So this is a very bizarre play because he's going to stack my nut hands no matter what. My decently strong made hands, he's effectively pricing them in. So what is what does this really accomplish? And I don't think it accomplishes much. All it really does is just let me get off the hook with all my bluffs, or my marginal made hands like 10-9 that I decided to 3-bet and then bet the flop, which, again, I probably wouldn't even do that. So I don't really understand what's going on. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. All right, so should I call or should I re-raise? That's the question. Um, I think it's pretty hard for this guy to be bluffing. So this is either a, a... this is most likely a raise with a decently strong marginal made hand that he's trying to find out where he stands, like ace-king. But again, we block ace-king. Maybe king-queen. Same same story, we block king-queen. Or it's going to be a strong hand, like a straight or a set or two-pair. And um, given I block all the kings, which are the most obvious hands that some amateur players will min-raise to find out where they stand... That makes it more likely my opponent has a hand that he thinks is very strong. So it's either straights, which I'm not going to fold against anyway, or sets, which I don't want to let off the hook. Or sets or two pairs, like um, jack 10. So if I don't want to let him off the hook when, let's say, a 9 comes on the turn or an ace comes on the turn when he's sitting here with king 10, I think we just want to go ahead and get all the money in. Very rarely, well, I'm not going to say very rarely, but rarely are you trying to... Get it in immediately because with with your top sets, because that gives your opponents the opportunity to fold. But here, we're not folding versus the straight, so I don't care about those. If the ace comes on the turn, notice we don't know if that's a bad card or not, because my opponent could just be raising with ace king and then think that he has a good enough hand, or he could have king ten and think that's you know, it may just, just go into pot control mode and not pay me off. So I think we need to get it all in. I mean normally with top set you're trying to keep your opponent in with all this garbage, but here my opponent almost certainly has no garbage and his range is relatively strong. And we're also in a spot where we're never getting off the hook versus a straight. So I think we can just go ahead and get it in. And that is what I do. I get it in and our opponent calls. And again, a lot of people are thinking, oh man, I'm out of the tournament. Then the queen comes on the turn and then you're really thinking, oh man, I'm out of the tournament. (laughs) But my opponent had pocket jacks. And this actually illustrates very clearly why we want to get it in on the flop as opposed to play it a little bit slowly in this exact spot. Again, if the board is king, seven, two, and I bet, and my opponent raises, I would definitely just call. But on this board in particular, um, we want to get it all in because, well, I already explained it. <laughs> um, anyway, turn happened to be a queen. So when my opponent does have a set of jacks here, which is what he had, and he ended up getting it in, if the turn's a queen, he's just going to check behind on the turn. I'm going to check the river he's going to check, and I'm going to win a small pot or a medium pot. But as played, we actually stack our opponent, and that is quite huge. And um, that's that's just a very clear illustration of why I wouldn't want to get it in all, all in immediately because an ace, a queen, or a nine on the turn is going to make our opponent slow down with hands exactly like he has that would happily get it all in immediately. Um, and, and again, I think my opponent played his hand quite poorly. There's no reason to raise this flop. He would have been pretty unhappy when he gets a queen turn. So what would happen if he just called? Turn comes, turn comes a queen, I check, he checks. Rivers is seven, I check, he checks. And he saves Chips. It's not really that bad of a result, right? Um, If I have a hand like Ace-King, he just loses a pot, I bet the turn, and he can call getting okay odds with his full house draw and then fold on the river. That's okay. So um, this hand would have worked out way better under uh, most circumstances by just calling for my opponent. But instead, he'd raise, wanted to play a big pot, and found himself in trouble. That's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here. Good luck in your games, and I will talk to you next time.